And um, before we get into the message tonight, the preaching, I've asked Brother George if he would come and uh, give a word of testimony. He came up for prayer a couple of weeks ago. We prayed, and uh, he needed a healing in his body. And he's just got a great testimony of what God has done for him. Started back in uh, 2012, and I'd been out splitting wood using a log, I mean a splitting mall, and uh, something happened to my back, and I was in severe pain down into my legs. It was hard to get up and walk. It was I couldn't lay in my bed, sleep, and then uh, went to a specialist. They said all the soft tissues in between the vertebrae were gone. And it was bone against bone, and nerves were being pinched. And I got prayed over here, and that's all fixed. And then I had cancer on the back of my ear, and that's gone. Um, I was on tramadol opioids for a whole nine years. And as of Thursday, that was the last one I took, and I'm clean from opioids as of today. And I'm going to come back up for some more prayer, get my knees fixed and my collarbone put back together. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother George. Praise God. Oh, God, he is good, isn't he? Amen. All the time. He is so good. And uh, it's always good to hear the, the good news of what God is doing, the healings that are taking place. Sister Marie was healed. Last Sunday night was prayed for some cancers on her hand that uh, the Lord has healed and taken care of. And God is just doing great things, and we give Him all the glory and all the praise and all the honor to Him. Unto Him be glory in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we give Him the glory tonight. Amen. That's what we are here to do tonight is to give God, honor, and glory. Thank you, Brother George, for that testimony tonight. And uh, uh, I was just excited about what the Lord has done for him. No pain. He's, uh, he said he was, told me he was, when he'd go to Walmart, he'd have to get one of those carts to ride around. Now he just goes in and walks through the store. And uh, God has really done a work in his body and in his life, and uh, freed him from that addiction, amen, from that addiction to prescription pain medication, and that is a miracle as well. God is still in the miracle-working business. Do you believe that tonight? Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Open your Bibles to the book of Acts chapter 3 tonight. I'm going to preach to you just a little bit. I'll try my best to share uh, a few thoughts with you tonight and not hold you too long. I uh, told them back there uh, that I just, I, I literally just, I think almost ran out of gas this morning, not in my car, but in my, physically, amen, but uh, um, we'll see what the Lord has for us this evening on this Sunday night, and just appreciate all of you coming out to be with us on Sunday night, for Sunday night church, man, I tell you what, I remember when Sunday night was the 
uh, premier service of the week. Sunday night, what used to have uh, bigger crowds than Sunday morning did, and uh, it was called the evangelistic service, the Sunday night evangelistic service. People were saved on Sunday night. People were baptized with the Holy Spirit on Sunday night. It were just powerful moves of the Holy Ghost and altar services where um, God just did great and mighty things. Body, sick bodies were healed and great things were done. And I would like to see that return to the church, amen, where Sunday night would be a powerful night in an era and in a time when many churches have done away with Sunday night church and said that it's not needed God, give us a, a revival of Sunday night church again. Hallelujah. Do it again, Jesus. As I said this morning, I believe that he's coming back for, the church, for a church just like the church that he left here uh, 2,000 years ago. He's not coming back for anything less than a powerful church, not one that's weak and anemic, not one that's lukewarm or dead and dry and lifeless, but he's coming back for a church that is a church that's alive and, as he said in Ephesians 5, a glorious church. And we want that, we want to be a part of that glorious church. Amen. Are you there in Acts chapter 3? I'm going to read a familiar voice. Voice, voice of Scripture. So I think, I think uh, the John Richardson spirit got on me there for a minute. <laughs> but I'm going to read a couple of voices from uh, chapter 3 of Acts, verse 19. All right, are you there? Acts chapter 3 and verse number 19. Peter says this. Repent ye, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out. There's the key to getting your sins blotted out. You've got to repent and be converted. Amen? That your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord, or as... The New King James, I believe it is, says, So that times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord, and he shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you, whom the heaven must receive until the times of restitution of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets, since the world began. And I want to talk to you tonight, preach just a few minutes on the thought of we need a refreshing. We need a refreshing. Heavenly Father, thank you tonight for your presence, for your spirit here. Help us, help us tonight and refresh us tonight. Anoint us tonight to preach your word. Give me a little extra strength this evening, Father, by your spirit to say, the words that you want me to say and to encourage your saints. And Lord, as we have already sang tonight, we ask the Holy Spirit 
to rain down. As you said in Zechariah 10.1, for us to ask for rain in the time of the latter rain. And we do so tonight asking for the rain, the precious rain of the Holy Spirit to saturate us in Jesus' name. In, and we give you praise for it. And everyone said amen and amen. Amen. That the times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. This text in Acts chapter 3 is a um, part of a, of a second sermon that the Apostle Peter preached. Acts chapter 3, if you'll read the entirety of the chapter, one of my favorite chapters. But in Acts chapter 3, it gives us the first miracle that was performed, recorded, that was performed after the day of Pentecost. As you know, Peter and John were on their way to a prayer meeting. They were on their way to the temple at the hour of prayer, on their way to a prayer meeting. They had recently been in a prayer meeting for 10 days and uh, where they had prayed and waited upon the Lord. And uh, that prayer meeting resulted in the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the 120 in that upper room on the day of Pentecost. The Bible says, as we know there on that day of Pentecost, that, that the Spirit of God fell. By the way, Pentecost Sunday is coming up. I think June 5th is Pentecost Sunday, so get ready for that. But they were all filled. We're getting a little jump on it tonight, all right? But they were all filled with the Spirit of God in that upper room when the Holy Ghost came. And uh, they were filled in a prayer meeting. And it would take a prayer meeting to maintain that fullness and power of the Spirit of God in their lives. But in this third chapter of Acts, as they entered to the temple, they had an encounter at the gate beautiful of the temple with a man that was a cripple. He was lame from his mother's womb. He had been laid there at the temple gate daily to beg alms of the people. As Peter and John came by, he asked an alms of them, and he was uh, looked at them expecting to receive something. But Peter said to that lame man, you all know what he said. He said, I don't have any silver and gold, but I do have something I can give you. And such as I have, give I you in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah of Nazareth. He said, rise up and walk. And Peter reached down and took that lame man by the right hand and there was a transfer of the power of God that took place. Amen. And he was instantly healed. The Bible said that he leaped up. and This man was above 40 years old. He had never walked in his life. He was blame from birth. And he leaped up and began walking and leaping and praising God. I'm going to tell you, when God does something for you, you can't help but praise the Lord. Amen? I mean, he was a little bit emotional. Well, you would be too if God had done this for you but when all the people saw what had happened and saw this lame man who they knew had been crippled all of his life they saw him healed they were all amazed and a crowd begins to gather around to see what has happened and so when Peter sees 
this crowd began to gather, he decided, well, I've got a crowd. I might as well preach. Amen. This is a good time to give another sermon. So he began to preach a message in verse 11, and he began to preach to them, and he told them that this man had been healed by the power of the name of Jesus. He began to tell them how that Jesus was the prince of life and how they had killed the prince of life. But God, but God had raised him up from the dead. And he preaches a message to them about Jesus and about the power of the name of Jesus. And he concludes his sermon. He concludes his message by giving this altar call in verse number 19. And this is what he said. This was his altar call. He said, repent and be converted so that your sins may be blotted out, so that your sins may be wiped out, and so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. What Peter was saying to them there in this altar call was basically the same thing that he had said to them on the day of Pentecost when he preached there and gave an altar call as well. He was telling them that they needed to repent, that they needed to change their lives, that they needed to be saved, and that they needed to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Are you with me tonight? And Peter describes, I believe he's describing here, when he uses that term, the times of refreshing from the presence of the Lord, he's describing the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. He's describing the baptism with the Holy Spirit. And as I said, it's a lot like what he said on the day of Pentecost when he told them there uh, to repent and be baptized in the name or the authority of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin. And he said, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promise is unto you. And you need to get this tonight. The promise is unto you and unto your children and to all that are far off even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Let me tell you something tonight Abundant Life Family Church that God is still pouring out the gift of the Holy Spirit upon his people today and the gift of the Holy Ghost is for you and it's for your children it was for the generation before us it was for my grandparents it was for my parents and that baptism in the Holy Spirit was for me and for my generation and for your generation and I've got news for you this same baptism in the Holy Spirit is for the next generation it's for the millennial generation it's for generation X I don't care how much they may not want to acknowledge God God still wants to pour out his spirit upon all flesh and our sons and our daughters be filled and prophesy. Come on, somebody. There are times of refreshing that God wants to give to his church in this last day. And I don't know about anybody else, but you're looking at one preacher tonight that I need a refreshing. I want a refreshing. I want a church that is filled with 
with the Holy Ghost and has the refreshing of the Lord in our lives. Can somebody say amen tonight? There is a refreshing for the church. There is a refreshing for our generation. There is a refreshing for the teenager. There is a refreshing for every born again believer today and we must have a refreshing in this day and hour in which we live. Come on, amen. This is uh, the times of refreshing from the presence of the Lord that Peter speaks of. And he said in verse 20 that this refreshing or these times of refreshing would come just before the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. He spoke there in verse 19 of the times of refreshing that shall come from the presence of the Lord. And then he said, and he shall see. Jesus Christ I believe we're living in the time in these last days just before the coming of the Lord that God Almighty wants to pour out a refreshing upon his people and upon his church like we've never seen before he's getting us ready saints he's getting the church ready for the sound of that trumpet and for the coming of the Lord and we need a refreshing how many say I want a refreshing tonight I want a refreshing. Amen. The baptism in the Holy Spirit. And there's there's some things that I want, some truths, three truths that I want to give you real quickly tonight concerning this refreshing of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that Peter spoke about in this verse. And the first thing is this, that Peter tells us that in this verse that this refreshing is not, is not a man-made experience. It is not a man-made experience. He said that this refreshing comes from this experience is, uh, is an experience from God. It comes from the presence of the Lord. Is that what he says? His, he does not have, or this experience does not have its origin in the will or in the mind of man. This experience of the refreshing of the Holy Spirit is not an invention of modern Pentecostalism. Some are teaching and preaching that, that, that speaking in tongues and being filled with the Holy Spirit as we know it and speaking with other tongues is not from God. But I want to tell you that Peter said that this refreshing comes from the presence of the Lord. Literally, it comes from the person of God or from the faith, the face, the face of the Lord. Jesus said that this promise is the promise of the Father. And the Bible says on the day of Pentecost that suddenly there came a sound from heaven. Where did it come from? It was a sound from heaven as a rushing a mighty wind and filled the house. So what they received on the day of Pentecost was from heaven. It was the refreshing that came from heaven. It was the promise of the Father. It was an outpouring that came from God. It was not something that was made up or, con- or conspired by man. Now I want to tell you something today ladies and gentlemen. 
that we must be very careful and people must be very careful about, about what they say about this Pentecostal experience. Some have said that it's of the devil that you would have to, and, and, and listen, you would have to be totally blind to the scripture. I can see somebody in the world that doesn't understand the scripture, not understanding the Pentecostal experience and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But when you've got educated men that know the word of God and the, that have been to seminary and Bible college that will get up and say that, the, that, that what takes place in Pentecostal churches is strange fire and is of the devil, they need to watch out what they're saying. They're borderlining on blaspheming the Holy Spirit. Are you hearing what I'm saying tonight? I'm here to tell you that this refreshing is from the presence of God. This refreshing is not from man. It's not from some made up, uh, did not from some denomination or doctrine of man, but this is a Pentecostal blessing and the Pentecostal blessing is real. It's real. I know it's real. It's the Pentecostal blessing and I know, I know, I know that it is real. The refreshing from the Holy Spirit is real. Amen. Hallelujah. It is a life and changing encounter with Almighty God. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit is, in fact, the third member of the Trinity, the third member of the Godhead. And the Holy Spirit is, in fact, God. Everything that can be said about God can be said about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is omnipotent. The Holy Spirit is omniscient. The Holy Spirit is omnipresent. The Holy Spirit is eternal. The Holy Spirit is, as I said, God, the Holy Spirit. He is not just the presence of Jesus that has been sent he is the third person of the Godhead therefore to be filled with the Holy Spirit is to be filled with the very presence of God to be filled with the Holy Spirit is to receive a time of refreshing from the presence of the Lord oh Jesus stood and there in the temple on that on the third on the the eighth day, the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles and Jesus cried out with a loud voice and he said if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink and out of his innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. This spake he of the Spirit which they that believed on him would receive. Out of our belly, out of our innermost being flows the rivers of the living water of the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you that the baptism with the Holy Spirit turns us into a channel of God's power to flow out of us and to touch other people's lives. My, my, my how we need a refreshing. How we need a refilling. How we need the river to flow from us one more time. Come on, church. Amen. Hallelujah. It is a life-changing encounter with Almighty God to receive the refreshing of the Holy Spirit. 
Amen. So it is not a man-made experience. It comes, the refreshing comes from God and comes from the presence of God and is a gift from God. But the second thing about this refreshing that Peter said is that it is not a dry, unemotional experience. I'm going to let that one sink in for a moment. It is not a dry, unemotional uh, unemotional experience. The Holy Spirit baptism, Peter said, is a time, he referred to it, as a refreshing, as a refreshing. It's not something dry, it is a refreshing. When you are dry... Are you hearing me? I said, when you are dry, you need a refreshing. When I am dry, I need a refreshing. When you're out working or whatever, doing something outside, and it's hot outside, and the sun's beating down, and you begin to get thirsty and weak, amen, from the heat, you need a refreshing. You need some water, good old water or some good old Gatorade, amen, or something that will put some life back into you and refresh you and that's exactly what the Holy Spirit will do the Holy Spirit will refresh you the Holy Spirit will renew you oh the Holy Spirit will revive your life is anybody here tonight Williams translation translates this uh, says it this way that times of revival shall come from the presence of the Lord I like that because that's exactly what revival is and that's exactly what refreshing is it's a reviving of our spirit it's a receiving of new strength into our spirit and into our life that's what the Holy Spirit does Paul agrees with this very thing in the letter to the Corinthian church when he talks about those who speak in tongues and in 1 Corinthians 14 and 4 Paul said that those who speak in an unknown tongue if a person speaks in an unknown tongue speaking about he's talking about praying in tongues he's talking about communication with God in tongues how many knows that's the main purpose for speaking in tongues when you receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues the main purpose for the tongues is to give you a supernatural means of communication with the heavenly father come on somebody hallelujah and Paul dealt with it in 1 Corinthians 14 in that entire chapter and he said that those who pray in an unknown tongue edify themselves that means they build themselves up like building a house or building an edifice it means to encourage it means to strengthen it means to 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 mature something Amen. To build something up and make it stronger. That is what this refreshing will do in your life. Oh, when you get the refreshing of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, I'm telling you what, there is a strengthening that comes on the inside. Come on, somebody. You shall, Jesus said, that you shall receive 
power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Oh, come on, amen. We need that time of refreshing and that building up. We must have that time of revival. It's not an unemotional thing. It is an experience that will put some new life in you. And every Pentecostal church and every Baptist church and every Methodist church and every Presbyterian church needs a refreshing from the heavens, from the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Nothing will build you up and strengthen you like being refreshed with the Holy Spirit and praying in tongues. Woo! I just saw the other day where the Assemblies of God in Canada, their council, they voted to change the verbiage in their statement of faith. And they no longer now, they changed their statement of faith to, to remove the teaching. And I may not have to be saying it just right, but this is what they did. They voted in their council to remove speaking in tongues as the initial physical evidence of the Holy Spirit. A tenet of faith that has been in the assemblies of God since its inception. Amen. In 19, what is it, 1914, when the assemblies of God was formed. And now they have removed that. And I'm going to tell you something. There are many churches today, assemblies of God churches, Pentecostal Church of God, Church of God. There are many in those churches today that no longer believe or teach that speaking in tongues is the initial physical evidence of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you something. There are many evidences that you've been filled with the Holy Spirit, but the very first initial evidence that will take place when you are baptized in the Holy Ghost is you will speak speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gives you the utterance. Amen. Every place in that New Testament and in that book of Acts that's recorded where they were filled with the Holy Ghost, it either tells specifically or is implied that they spoke with other tongues. You're not going to change me. Nobody going to change me. I'm going to stand with the Bible. I ain't going to argue about it. If somebody wants to go somewhere and believe that they that you don't have that you can be filled with the Holy Ghost and not speak in tongues, well, you can just go believe that. But as for me and my house and for me and this house we are going to believe the word of God and we're still going to preach the initial physical evidence of speaking in tongues for the baptism in the Holy Spirit for the time of refreshing amen Woo! I hear some people say well some are teaching well you you, you get baptized, you take it by faith, and maybe sometime later down the road you'll speak in tongues. I denounce that. I ain't accepting that. See, that wasn't even in my message, but I thought it needed to be said. We need the refreshing. Oh, hallelujah. Satan has fought speaking in other tongues since the Holy Spirit was poured out. 
when, when the Holy Spirit at, the, at, at Azusa Street, well, even before that, at the turn of the century, uh, of the 20th century, as it, it struck midnight from 1899 to 1900 at a prayer meeting in a mission there. It was actually a Bible college there in Topeka, Kansas. And there was, uh, they were doing a study. And uh, they were doing a study on the Holy Spirit and on the book of Acts. And uh, they had come to the conclusion that the Bible taught that speaking in tongues was the evidence of the Holy Spirit. And on uh, just after midnight at a watch night service, hallelujah, there in Topeka, Kansas, a young lady by the name of Agnes Osmond came for prayer and said, I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I believe what the Bible says about the Holy Spirit. And they prayed for her and God baptized Agnes Osmond in the Holy Ghost and she began to speak with other tongues and the revival was on. Hallelujah. It spread through, it spread till it got to Azusa Street in Los Angeles and you know the story of the revival there my Lord hallelujah the mighty outpouring of the Holy Spirit that took place an African American one eyed preacher by the name of William Seymour hallelujah how God used him to preach there at Azusa Street he actually went to Los Angeles he didn't have he didn't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit himself but he had heard it taught he had been sitting in Bible classes that had heard it taught and he believed and he knew it and he was seeking the experience he was seeking to be filled they called him to be to try out and to preach at a Methodist church in Los Angeles and he went there and you know what he preached on he preached on this is that hallelujah from Acts chapter 2 on the baptism of the Holy Spirit and he preached to those Methodist people, those holiness people, how that the, that the evidence was speaking in tongues. You know what they did in that Methodist church? They kicked him out. Hallelujah. They kicked him out. But he found him. Oh, I'm about to shout today. He found him a little place where they accepted him in on Bonnie Bray Boulevard there in Los Angeles. And he began to hold Bible studies. They had prayer meetings until that little house got so full and people gathered around the outside and the porch that the porch even fell in and collapsed. So many people were gathered around but God was moving. God was filling people. People were getting baptized with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. They finally found them in the whole deserted warehouse there on Azusa at 312 Azusa Street and turned it into a mission. Glory to God and begin to have services there. Let me tell you for three solid years three times a day they had church every day every day the evening service even went into the night and many times into the next day and people came from everywhere because there was a refreshing somebody needs to say man there was a refreshing there was an outpouring the Holy Spirit was falling and people were getting baptized in the Holy Ghost and speaking in tongues and the gifts of the Spirit were restored. My Lord, that's our Pentecostal roots today.
one night and I refuse to let anybody take away my Pentecostal heritage. the Pentecostal Church of God ever says we're dropping the initial physical evidence, I'm saying just drop me too. I'm out. Amen? Well, I got carried away. But I believe with all of my heart that that was the refreshing that came after centuries of the church being in darkness, of the church being dead. Oh, there was revivals and there was renewals that took place in the holiness movement and in the Methodist movement. And I, I believe many of them, Brother George, received the Holy Spirit. They, they spoke in tongues. They, there was... There was, there's reports, and I've read a lot about revival and the history of revival and the, and the revivals in the 1800s at Cane Ridge, Kentucky, when the Methodists, that's actually where the modern-day camp meetings actually started in Cane Ridge, where as many as 20,000 people came to those services. And that, that, that the reports were that many of them would fall out in the, uh, they would just be, they would faint, they would fall out and lay in the, out in the Spirit. God was doing work in their lives. These were not modern-day Pentecostals. They were Methodists and Shouting Baptists. Anybody ever heard of the Shouting Baptists? Woo! Hallelujah. I thank God for the shouting Baptists. I'd like to see some shouting Pentecostals again. Come on, amen. Oh, hallelujah, God. What are you saying, Pastor Rick? I'm saying we need a refreshing. I'm saying, God, do it again. It's been a little over 100 years since Azusa Street, and things have cooled off, and things have toned down. But I believe we're in the 11th hour. I believe we're in the 11th hour. We're in the time right before the coming of the Lord. And there's a call going out today to the church of the Lord Jesus Christ and I believe God is saying to everybody tonight that is thirsty I will pour water out upon those who are thirsty and I will pour floods upon the dry ground and I will pour my spirit upon your seed and I will pour my blessing upon your offspring oh give me some thirsty people tonight give me some people that want a refreshing give me some people that want the Holy Ghost. Give me some people that want the power of God. Oh, we need a refreshing tonight. Oh, yes. We need a refreshing. It is not an unemotional experience. It is not a dry experience. Hallelujah. Oh, but Brother Rick, we don't go by feelings. No, we walk by faith. But when you have proper faith, you're going to have some of them feelings. Come on. 
You may go through some dry spells. You may go through some dry times. I've been there. We all have. But I want you to know God don't want you living in dryness. He don't want your experience to be as dead and dry as last year's bird's nest. Are you listening to me? He wants you to have the refreshing of the Holy Ghost and be alive in Jesus. Oh, we need some some people today in Pentecost that will come back to these altars, that will come back to the real experience of the baptism in the Holy Ghost and be filled with the Spirit. It's not an unemotional experience. But I must move on and close. It's not a man-made experience. It's not an unemotional or dry experience. And it is not a one-time experience. Amen? Because Peter said in that 19th verse, until the times, the times, plural, of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. T-I-M-E-S. Not just a one-time refreshing, but multiple, more than one, several refreshings that will be poured out upon God's people. It's time for another one. It's time for another one. I just called a little bit of the uh, second half of Brother Donnie's message that he preached this morning. And I didn't see the first part of it, but he, he was preaching on Psalm 85, 6. Wilt thou not revive us again, that thy people may rejoice in thee? But he talked about, and the what part that I heard about, he had mentioned the charismatic renewal that took place in the 70s, the early 70s, when God began to move and pour out His Spirit at Duquesne University, a predominant Catholic university. And God began to cross denominational lines because the Pentecostals got so starchy and sophisticated and didn't want the moving of the Spirit. God's going to have a people. Wherever there's a thirst for God, He's going to show up there. And He's going to move there. And, ba- and uh, Catholics begin to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Amen. There was a great renewal that took place. And it was called the Charismatic Renewal in the early 70s. Before that, the 60s, there was the Jesus movement that brought in many of the hippies got saved in California. And the Calvary Chapel organization and churches were formed by Chuck Smith out of that Jesus movement of those being saved. And what are you saying? I'm saying saying this. God hadn't given up on his church. God's not sitting up there with his arms folded and said, I don't want y'all to have nothing. 
No, he's given the promise. And he's told us that I'll give times of refreshings. More than one. More than one. There's an initial receiving of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And if you have not initially been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you need to be. But there's, there's, there's more. My uncle used to say it this way when he was my pastor. He said there's one initial baptism, but there's many refillings and many refreshings. And that's where many of us as Pentecostals are tonight is that we've been baptized with the Holy Spirit. And some people will spend time seeking the Holy Spirit. And then when they finally get through to the Holy Spirit, they say, well, I got, I got what I needed. I got what I was looking for. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. And then that's, all they, that's as far as they go. But no, ladies and gentlemen, it's not just one refreshing. It's many refreshings. It's a daily refreshing. I don't know about anybody else, but I get refreshed in my prayer room every single day. Can somebody say amen? Is anybody with me on that? Amen. Hallelujah. I get in there alone with the Lord and begin to worship the Lord and pray and seek the Lord. And you know David, remember what David said? In Psalm 92, he said, I shall be anointed with fresh oil. There's some fresh oil God's wanting to give to his church. Amen. You get your oil changed in your car every now and again, don't you? Huh? If you don't get your oil changed, your car's going to blow up. Your motor's going to blow up. you got to get the old oil out and get some fresh oil in that thing. And I'm telling you what, that's the way it is tonight with us Pentecostal believers. We're running on old oil or our oil is all leaked out. We need some fresh oil. We need a refreshing. We need an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in our churches and in our lives. Now I want you to pray with me. God do it one more time. God do it again. God get us ready for the coming of the Lord. Get us ready for the rapture of the church. Hallelujah. Do it again. Do it again. Amen. And the times of refreshing from the presence of the Lord. Worship team, make your way back. Let me read you a verse of Scripture. I'm not done, but I'm quitting. Praise God. Isaiah chapter 28, verse 11 and 12. Listen to what Isaiah says. Now, I've heard people say this is not referring to speaking in tongues. But uh, Paul used this verse. Paul, the apostle, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, quoted this verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 in reference to the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in the unknown tongue. Amen? Isaiah 28, 11, and 12 he says, this is a prophecy of Isaiah, for with stammering lips and another tongue, he will speak to this people. Listen, to whom he said, to whom he said, this is the rest with which you may cause the weary to rest, and this is the refreshing, the refreshing, referencing, speaking in tongues.
and the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Praise God. I want a refreshing for my own self. I want a refreshing for this church, for every one of you in this church. I pray it on a continual basis. God, refresh Abundant Life Family Church. Amen. You ever have to refresh your browser on your computer? Huh? You got to refresh it, renew it. We need a refreshing from the Lord tonight. How many would say, Pastor, I, I'm with you. I want a refreshing from heaven. Hallelujah. I've been, maybe you, you say, I've been, I've been filled with the Holy Spirit. But I want to get in on those times, those multiple refreshings in my life. He wants to do it for you tonight and for everyone. Everyone that is thirsty. Would you stand with me tonight? Oh, hallelujah. Lift your hands. Let's praise Him. Let's worship Him.